time for our story from Mysterious Circumstances. I wonder if you know Ireland at all. Ever toured County Clare, for instance. You may have come across a man called Ringwood. He was Anglo-Irish. He had a few hundred a year of his own, and a family instinct which led him to regard all Ireland as his domain, and to rejoice in its abundance of horses, especially borrowed ones. And all kinds of game. of game. Oh, no, Mr. Ringwood. Don't be doing that, no. Why not, eh? Why not? Oh. <laughs> Ringwood had an intimate by the name of Bates. Bates, like Ringwood, was long and lean and hard up. And he had the same flushed, bony face, the same shabby arrogance, and the same uh, senioral approach. And I tell you, old man, they were the lushest pair of wedges I ever set eyes on. Kathleen and Moira, twin sisters they were. Kathleen was pretty easy, but I the differ's own job to get Moira round to me way of thinking. You don't tell me. I do, though. Do you believe me? When I asked her to take a stroll down the glen with me to see where the fairies dance on St. John's Eve... The fairies, eh? Oh, this local law's very helpful sometimes. <laughs> when I asked Moira to come with me down the glen, she, she said, could her ma come too? For ma would like fine to see the little folk. <laughs> <laughs> Neither Ringwood nor Bates ever wrote a letter, but each generally knew where the other was to be found. The ticket collector, respectfully blind, as he snipped Ringwood's third-class ticket in a first-class compartment would just mention. Well, now, it isn't that a queer coincidence I should be seeing you today, Mr. Ringwood. But didn't Mr. Bates himself travel this way only last Tuesday? And didn't he say to me he'd be stopping off at Kilargnan for a week or two after the snipe? If you were to go down there, you might well be seeing. One winter afternoon, when Ringwood was strolling back from a singularly blank day on the bog of Ballineary, he was hailed by a one-eyed horse dealer. Glad to see you, Mr. Ringwood. He'll have his work cut out. And how's yourself, Michael Connor? Oh, well enough, thank God. But for the cold in me bones and the poor lot of nags in Galway. Oh, you've been in Galway, have you? That I have. And who should I meet on me travels but Mr. Bates, as large as life. So that's where the old villain's been lately. Did he ask after me? He did that, and he gave me a most particular message for you. A message, eh? Now, what would that be? Well, he said I was to tell you he was on his way to a village by the name of Nockderry, where there was something he thought would interest you more than a little. Did he know? He didn't give you any idea what it was, I suppose. Fishing or shooting, something in that line. Not a word of it, Mr. Ringwood. Just what I told you. Knock dairy. And a thing you would like there. <laughs> Giddy up, girl. <laughs> Thank you. And the best of luck to both of us.
Anybody at home in this pub? Coming, Your Honor. Coming. Oh, good afternoon. You're the landlady, I take it. Bridie Doyle, sir, at Your Honor's service. You've got my friend Mr. Bates in the house, they told me at the station. Why, sure, Your Honor, the gentleman's staying here. At least he is, so to speak, and then now he isn't. Well, how's that? Well, his bag's here and his things are here. But the day before yesterday, he went out for a bit of a constitutional. And would you believe it, sir? We've seen neither hide nor hair of him since. He'll be back. Show me a room and I'll stay here and wait for it. Ringwood settled in and waited all the evening. But Bates failed to appear. Next day, he strolled up and down all the lanes and bypaths in the neighbourhood in the hope of discovering the beauties of the district. Just as dusk was falling, he was about a mile from the village and met a straggle of muddy cows coming along the road. And a girl driving them. Come on, will you? Get a move on. Come on, no. Good afternoon to you, my dear. Oh, God save your honour. That's a lot of cattle for a pretty little girl like you to drive. Sure, haven't I used to it? And have you far to take them, my dear? Only to the buyer for the milking. And where might the buyer be? Just down the lane here. Then, me dear, if you've no objection, I'll walk a step along with you, for I've a terrible thirst upon me. I give a lot for a cup of nice warm milk. Oh, you're kindly welcome, sir. Come on, now. Up with you, will you? Come on. And what Come. might a pretty girl as you be called, Alana? Kitty Connell's me name. And have you no better dress than that, Kitty Connell, to put on a body like an angel's? <laughs> No, don't you be talking so. A man I never set eyes on before. Oh, shame on you to say such things. But I mean them, Kitty, every word. Can't you see I do? Father Murphy told me never to listen to such men as you, so he did. No, go in. Go in. Not till I told you about a dress I saw the other day. It was a blue dress. Yes, bright blue with little diamonds round the neck. Oh, Go on with you. Oh, if you were to be nice to me, Kitty, very nice, I mean, I shouldn't be surprised if you were to find your pretty self in that dress one of these days at a grand ball, if you'd only do the least little thing for me. Sure, I'll never have a dress to like of that. What, what would I have to do? Who the devil's that? Who is it you mean, then? The lady, of course. The lady on the grave. I wouldn't be after knowing. Oh, come on, of course you do. She must be a local. I can't tell you, sir. Why, there can't be many women like that in this one-eyed place. Come now, tell me there's a good girl. It's time I was away. Madam! No, sir. What about me blue dress? You were telling me how I was to be getting it. Oh, confound your blue dress and you too. Madam! Madam, can, can you tell me the way to knock Derry, please? I'm a stranger around here. <laughs> Madam, miss, can, can you tell me?
wonderful, beautiful girl I've ever seen. And what a rider. Couldn't match her. And the look she gave me. Ringwood, you're in luck. Sure, Mr. Ringwood, if you aren't all alone in the dark, let you be waiting until I bring you a fine, bright lamp. That's all right, Mrs. Doyle. I've got plenty to think about. Thoughts are good company. That horse never cost two ten-pound notes of anybody's money. So she's not so rich. So much the better. One of the old school, blue blood and no money, pining away in this godforsaken hole. Probably doesn't see a man from one year's end to another. No wonder she gave me a look. All I want's an introduction. Then... Here's my best lamp to light your thoughts. I filled it up and trimmed the wick nicely only this evening. On the table, there. Thanks. Uh, Mrs. Doyle. Who's the young lady that rides the cobby-looking old-fashioned grey? A young lady, sir. On a grey? Yes. She passed me in the lane. About a mile the other side of the village. Then she turned in on the old avenue. Going up to the ruined tower on the hill. At least it's, it's battered, not ruined. You know the place. Oh, Mary, bless and keep you. That's the beautiful Murrah lady you must have seen. Murrah, eh? Miss Murrah. That's a fine old name in the West here. It is so, indeed. For the Murrahs were kings and queens in Connacht before the Saxon came. And herself, sir, has the face of a queen, they tell me. They're right. That's the lady. The family must have gone down, though. That was a poor sort of nag she was riding. Crossbred, I'd call it. Neither hack nor hunter. Small head, arched neck. Never seen a horse like it. Indeed, sir. I haven't seen it, for I, I don't walk much abroad since my lack was queer. Would you be wanting anything else, sir, before I lock up the house tonight? Yes, I would. I want a bottle of whiskey, Mrs. Doyle, and some water and a glass. One fine bottle of Irish to drink success to myself in... And I wouldn't call the king of Tara my uncle. Well, well. Ready for your rashers, old man. You don't look it. Bates, you old horse thief. Where the blazes have you been? I waited for you all yesterday. Oh, I got into a session. You know how it is. A chap called Reardon. He keeps very fine liquor. We were at it till three this morning. And his missus came down and threw us out. <laughs> yeah, it's a pity. And here was I drinking on me own. Mrs. Doyle, breakfast. Well, it's a great thing the drink doesn't blunt a man's appetite. Speaking of which, I got your message from Michael Connor. Oh, about the mayor. Michael said nothing about a mayor? Well, I told him it was to be a surprise. A dark horse, uh, Mayor, rather. Come on now, Bates. What's she like? All right. There's three of them, my boy. Three. And every one as nice a bit of crackling as you'd get anywhere in Ireland. Blue eyes. Finger. Their name wouldn't be Connell, would it, by any chance? Connell it is. But how the hell do you know? I met one yesterday. Which one? Kitty. Ah, that's all right, then. Mine's Nora. You can have Kitty. Thanks all the same, but I don't want Kitty. Oh, taking the vows, have you? No, I've seen something better than Kitty. Bates, you've never set eyes on anything like her. She's a lady, not a farm lass, a lady. 
she tell you? No, she didn't say a word. Just gave me a look. What a look, eh? All the promise another girl to keep to herself till you handed over the ring. So, you made a date with her and not a word said. Eh? No, I didn't. She rode off on that shabby old horse she was about on. But I found out her name and address. Oh, uh, she's uh, local then. What's her name? Never mind, never mind. I'll come out with you today and meet these other Connell wenches. If you're lucky, you might get a look at her for yourself. I tell you, Bates, I've hardly slept for thinking of her. Yeah, I see what you mean about the Connells. Aye, very friendly, the natives in these parts, especially Nora. Bit young, though, isn't she? Ah, don't worry about young women like Nora Connell. (laughs) They can look after themselves. Good Lord, that's funny. There wasn't a breath of wind a moment ago. Look. Is that your charmer? That's her, all right. Isn't she a beauty, Bates? Isn't she an absolute knockout? Mm-hmm. Picturesque. Like one of those travel posters, come to romantic Ireland. It's all right, though. Very handsome, in fact. Gave us, old boy. I was in it as well. You flatter yourself. Well, aren't you going after her? In my own good time. Come on. Let's get back to the pub. It's gone as cold as charity. Mrs. Doyle? Have you seen Mr. Bates? He seems to have done one of his disappearing acts again. Not since the both of you had your dinner at noonday, sir. Sure, though, he did pass me in the yard a bit after that. I've been sleeping since dinner. Any idea where he might have gone? Oh, Mr. Bates is a free-roving sort of man, sir. He might have gone anywhere now. But I believe, not to tell you a lie, that he's gone walking up to the old tower. For he was after asking me where Miss Murray came from, just like yourself, sir. The rat. The sly, sneaking rat. I uh, must intrude at this point to tell you that Ringwood instantly decided to visit Miss Murra himself in case his false friend had indeed stolen a march on him. He shaved carefully his long, ginger-stubbled chin and trimmed neatly his small, foxy moustache, brushed up his shabby Norfolk jacket and stuck a new peacock-coloured feather in the band of his tweed hat. Then, twirling an ash stick, he set off. In a quarter of an hour or so he found himself walking up the remains of what had been a drive leading up to the tower of the Murrows. It was sadly neglected and overgrown, but with the signs of old grandeur about it in its evenly planted trees and the occasional decorative classic urn, now empty of flowers. Here and there stood a graceful statue mutilated by time. Diana without a bow, a footless Mercury, a cupid, blind, wingless, and lame. The tower was ringed behind and about by dark, straggling woods. And behind them, the sky was already thickening into twilight. 
A few black shapes of homing rooks winged across, cawing. And if Ringwood had been a more literary sort of man, a certain splendid but shudder-producing line from Macbeth might well have come into his mind. But Ringwood was not a literary man. He tramped on his way up the rising slope of the avenue. Damn long drive, miss. Tramp is to see the front door. Ah, there it is. Shut. No sign of Bates. Whenever the rat's inside. So and see. Oh, God. Sorry, Miss Mora. Didn't see you. I saw you. A long way off. Uh, yes. I... I'd better introduce myself. Ringwood's my name. Hope I'm not intruding, dropping in like this, but the fact is I... I think I had the pleasure of meeting a relation of yours down in Cork only last month. He, uh... He... I knew you would come. My God, I had to. I had to from the minute we saw each other. Of course. Tell me. Are you all by yourself here? No, uh... No visitors? All by myself. Come. Give me your hand. Down, sir. Down. I'll teach you to heed me. Oh, I say. Well? Well, I mean... Don't trash the poor thing like that. He's done nothing wrong. Hasn't he? Well, I mean, I I don't like to see a dog beaten like that. He brought wheels up on his ribs. And you a man that hunts the fox and the otter. Well, that's different. Dogs are... Well, they trust one. He's not a dog to be trusted. He's all right. He looks a knowing old fellow. I like a lurcher. Clever dogs. Be quiet. You must learn your lesson. Cur. Did you come here to sing the praises of a half-bred cur, Mr. Ringwood? Or mine, perhaps? What do you think? Then come with me. This is my home. By Jove. Baronial sort of place, this, isn't it? The heart that once. It is a house built in the old, proud days of era. And you'd be a perfect Kathleen Nehulichan. Has anyone ever told you you're the typical Irish beauty? Many men have told me that. If you were only wearing a green dress, now. I'd take off my cloak. There. Does that please you? You are wearing green. Marvelous dress. Marvelous girl. Come in from this cold hall. Here is my parlor where I sit. Down. Lie down for the stick. Ah, good log fire. That's a sight to see. Well, this is a nice little room. It is simple. So I see. Just a table and chair. And a couch. Sit beside me. Here. 
on the couch. Pleasure. Do you like my rugs? They are all made of the skins of beasts killed by my ancestors. Very nice. Now, the English have rugs made of sheep's wool, I've heard. Oh, I suppose so. Never thought about it. What's that skull up there on the wall? Doesn't look like a deer. Some large vermin or other that met the fate it deserved, no doubt. I say, you are bloodthirsty. Doesn't suit you. I am what I must be. What my ancestors have made me. What their enemies have made me. Aren't we all? Some of us are what our victims make us. Don't tell me you've got victims or enemies. Perhaps a little drink? You are of the English? Well, don't hold that against me. My people came over here in 1656. Of course, that's yesterday to the Gaelic League, but... Still, I think we can say we have a stake in the country. Yes, through its heart. Oh, is it politics we're going to talk, Mavornin? You and I sitting here in the firelight. Ah, I know it's love you'd rather be talking of. But you're the man to make a blunder and a mockery of the poor girls of era. Oh, you misjudge me. I'm the man to live alone and sorrowful, waiting for the one love who had seen something beyond hoping for till yesterday. Is that so indeed? But yesterday you were looking at one of the Connell girls as she drove her kine along the lane. Why, yes, yes, I believe there was a girl with some cows. And you spoke to her and wooed her a little, didn't you now? Well, (laughs) I'll go so far as to say I did, but when I saw you, I forgot her entirely. Like you forgot all the others? Sheila Donovan, Bridie Mahon, Mary Riley, little Rose McDonough. How many have you forgotten, Jack Ringwood? How do you know about those girls? Well, not that, uh, not that I, 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 I mean, I... I've met a lot of girls one time and another, and these Irish names are all much the same, but... Uh, I don't see how you could know. I have been in Ireland a long, long time, Jack Ringwood, and I know much about you and the other men who lead young women astray. You're interested in them, Miss Murray? You might say I collect them. And have you collected many? Ah, I have a fine store goes back for 200 years. Even go for historical specimens. Well, well. But I'm alive, you know. I know. And you are one I would not miss. Take both my hands, Jack Ringwood. Lovely white hands. Too cold, darling. Will you stay with me here? Uh, uh, That I will. Always? Mm, Always. Always and forever. Then kiss me. Ah, you witch. You lovely witch. Hmm. 
Forever, 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 Stupid sort of thing. One minute making love to a girl, and next thing asleep on the floor? Drunk or something. I don't remember having a drink. Didn't offer me a drink. You blasted fool, Ringwood. Hello, Bates. So you got here too, old boy? Yes, I'm here, all right. You would come. I tried hard enough to stop you, but you took no notice. You tried? When? Oh, confound it, sir. It was all a dream. That... That girl and that place. I can't say a thing. Strike a light. Old boy must be late. I'll yell for supper. Don't, for heaven's sake. Don't yell. She'll thrash us if we do. Thrash us? What the hell are you talking about? Don't you know? And at that moment, a log rolled on the hearth, and a little flame flickered up, and Ringwood saw his long and hairy forelegs, and he knew. played Ringwood with Alan McClelland as Bates Dennis Hawthorne as the storyteller in The Lady on the Grey by John Collier adapted by Michael and Molly Hartwick Miss Mara was played by Sheila Brennan and other parts by Hilda Kreisman Will Layton and Elizabeth Morgan The play was recorded in 1962 and was produced by Charles Lefeuille 